This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we're going to talk today about spirituality, grief and loss, and get some ideas to help people in our audience who we know are suffering and maybe are having a crisis of faith. You want to introduce our guest today? Sure, I'd love to. Her name is Lisa Irish, and Lisa is no stranger to loss. At, at age two, her mother was paralyzed in a car accident. At 11, her father died, and at 25, her mother died. She learned to look through the lens of loss, felt its power, and trusted its teaching. Today, Lisa serves as a chaplain and bereavement coordinator at Yale New Haven Hospital. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you, Heidi and Gloria. This is a real treat and honor for me. Oh, it's great to have you on our show today, and I I know you're going to give our audience a lot of help. So um, let's just dive right into it. What do you think people need after an early loss? You're at the hospital, and you see people at those most critical and crisis times. After someone has died, what, what do I need? Well, as you know, in that time period, right after a loss, people really head into a a kind of a place of confusion and and a swirl of emotion. So the most important thing at that time is to find people who will hold them and love them and give them comfort while they're processing these very intense emotions. There's there's no clear answer or trick, right? It's it's more about navigating through the waters of the pain. And like you said, Lisa, just just being there for people early on is important. So I think people get scared and they tend not to want to be there. And they, they think, oh, maybe it's too early. Maybe I need to wait until it's further down the road. And, and initially, people, they need people around them. Right. When we do uh, bereavement seminars, we encourage the grievers to feel comfortable to ask for someone to just listen, to, to not feel like they have to give any answers. Because those who are supporting uh, grievers feel like they have to say something, and there is nothing that you can say. But if you can be present and just listen and affirm the love between everybody, you're, you're giving a great gift just by doing that. So I'm thinking if I'm bereaved, and say my, you know, a friend or a neighbor or whatever that, that want to be there for me, Maybe I need to educate them a little bit and say, you don't have to try to solve this? Well, that's it. And I I go that approach with the people that I try to help because our culture is so death-denying, so uh, grief-denying that I think we all, and grievers in particular, need to help everybody understand how this goes. And so, yes, if someone's had a loss and a neighbor wants to be helpful, if the person is able to say... uh, you know, just walk with me while I go down the aisles in the grocery store. This is so hard for me when I see the cereal that he loved. All I need is somebody to be with me. That's I don't need any answers. And people seem to like hearing that kind of uh, suggestion. Mm-hmm. I like that because uh, one of the most profound things that I found was when a friend of mine 
came to our house. We had gone out of town for, for the funeral to our hometown. When we got back, this uh, friend of mine, Sally Broadbent, came over to her house the first night we were home and sat and read a book while we ate dinner. Oh, isn't that dear? It was so profound. Yeah, so it, people, yeah, yeah I, I, maybe as we get older, we realize what a gift our, just our being is, you know. We keep thinking we have to have answers, but really it's just our presence that can be such a gift. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you're, uh, you've are you had all this lost yourself in your life, and you've come around to be a chaplain. I, I just wanted to know, what has, have your losses taught you as a person? Well, a lot of people talk about it is the depth of one's love that leads to one's suffering and grief. And I guess there is something to that, that after you've had loss, if you're able to get your head above the water, you can look back and realize what love was present. And so for myself to to look back after a number of years, the pain isn't as intense. I have the capacity to hold on to the law, uh, love and the the uh, legacy of love that was offered through my childhood. I look at Lisa's background and I'm thinking, okay, here she is. At two years old, her mother becomes paralyzed. And then I imagine that her dad was taking care of her mother, right? It's partially. Is that yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so then, and then at 11, lo and behold, your father dies. Right. First, leaving you, and, and your mother's still living, and she's still paralyzed, I, I assume, right? Right. Okay, and so she dies when you're 25, so I'm thinking with all this adversity you've had and all this loss, I, I am going to guess that it's, it's you moving into situations that, that of loss and adversity with other people and being a support is, is something that you're very good at doing because it's, you're, you're no stranger to loss and adversity. So it's not a frightening place for you to be going into families and going into rooms where people no. have just had a loss. Is, is that it's familiar. a familiar statement? It's yeah. familiar. You know, how, there's another adage. They say people teach what they need to learn. And, and certainly when you go into working in a certain field, you're learning too. So it would be silly to say that I didn't receive something from my experience of helping others. I'm sure... I've been supported and helped in the midst of it. But as I said earlier, I used to define myself by my loss, by my grief. But I'm happy to say I've come on the other side of it and sort of understand myself now on the healing side of things, which is a really nice place to be. Well, and I think that's important for people that are not as farther, you know, less far down the road to watch you and see where you are now because... When people watch us, the three of us, and see that we're in a different space, they can kind of hold on to the hope that eventually they'll get there. They might not be there now, but eventually they'll get there. And, you know, hope is such a beautiful word. It really, we use words like hope and truth and love, and they're just part of our vocabulary, but hope is a substantial thing, and it's something to be uh, nurtured, cared for, People can participate, do activities, for example, to cultivate hope and sort of get those hope muscles going again. You know? I love this idea of, of doing activities to cultivate hope, don't you, Mom? Yeah, I do. What, what kind of activities do you do? I often invite people to make a list of everything that you're grateful for. 
that kind of awareness that life is here, life has given me some good things, and sort of start with that as kind of a core place. And moving into hope is a lot scarier because it's forward thinking. And so you got to move there gently to ease the way. Hope has a sense of um, trust, so that maybe would be another kind of a, a list or a conversation. What kinds of things do you trust? Do you trust the sun will rise? Do you trust your neighbor will take care of the dog when you're out of town? Are there different ways that your heart can relax a little instead of always sitting in sadness or in anxiety? Naming the uh, healing things is a way of cultivating hope and trust. Now, I wanted to ask you, as a woman of faith, did you ever question your faith? And do you ever, when you see tragedy? From a chronological point of view, my faith experience came into my life after the losses. So for me personally, I didn't have that experience that a lot of people have where they grew up as a believer and then the tragedy hits and then they question their faith. Um, But in terms of myself watching other people having tragedy and loss, I wouldn't say I question my faith, but I would say I am being invited to deepen it. Uh, You know, walking in the light of love or with God, however you name it, isn't something you do um, in a rote kind of way. It's not a set of five things you believe in and now everything works that way. It's it's more of a relationship. It has deepening. It has standstill. It has great leaps. You know, it has a vitality to it. And certainly tragedy and loss bring a person into a place where their faith gets challenged and, and can grow. So it does so for me. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you came to your faith later because I'm thinking with listeners there could be a couple of scenarios. One is that you, you know, you question your faith that you had. And then then another scenario is I sometimes talk to people who feel like they haven't been true to their faith and now they're being punished uh by God. And then yes. and then the other idea that you if you didn't even have a faith background, you could come into it later. I mean, those are three interesting scenarios. Well, and some people feel guilty because they if, uh, they have faith, so they shouldn't be doubting God, and they get they can't be angry because God has everything under control, and here they've lost the love of their life. And, of course, I try to ex- explain that God is so much bigger than our human emotions, so... Being angry it was, would be a natural and normal response to, mm-hmm. a, to a tragedy. What's your thought about people who have, um, do have a faith? Have you seen any difference in faith-based people and those who didn't as far as tragedy has gone? I, I, I think faith, people who have a faith tradition are, uh, have another tool, have another resource that is so, so helpful. Oftentimes, they're actually able to give over their their need to know or their need to have, have this make sense because uh, a sudden death or even a long-term illness, it's very hard to make 
have that make sense because you're watching somebody suffering or you're suffering as you watch them. And somebody who has a sense of the mystery in their heart already is more predisposed to sort of let go and let God, you know that phrase? Mm-hmm. It, oftentimes those who are struggling with their faith or struggling with the reality of the divine, I should say, they they have that to face in addition to the loss of their loved one. Mm-hmm. It's another step for them. Do you remember, Heidi, when you were in high school or in college and your friend's uh, father died? He was a scientist or something, and, and the young man said to you that he wished he was not an atheist? I think he just, yeah, he wished that he, had belie- he believed in something bigger than himself. I think there's something comforting about believe, you know, believing in something bigger than yourself. And, and also, I think he was disturbed because he wasn't sure if he would ever see his dad again, where his dad was, would he be reunited? You know, there was just so ma- there was so many questions left unanswered for him that I think it left him in a very dark place. Something I, I want to add, if I could, I think one of the things that I find my role as a chaplain allows me to do is to sit with people when they ask those kinds of questions, but it's not part and parcel of what I do. Mm-hmm. I think the questions about faith and God often go hand in hand with loss, but it's not an answer. It doesn't fill the void. And right. oftentimes it's it's important just to be with people in the void, you know. Yeah, I like that, what you're saying, because we're asking some kind of heady questions, and the reality is we really don't care about those things. I mean, it's a gut response, maybe to be mad at God or whatever, but you're just trying to get through your day. Right. Well, well and the other right. thing it's- is, even if you have all the answers, at the end of the day, my brother Scott isn't physically here. And that's at the end of the day, that's really what I want. And if somebody wanted to really solve my problem, they would figure out how to go get them and bring them back. So right. that's the hard part. When we're sitting with people and bearing witness to their grief and supporting them, we can't give them what they so desperately want. We can just be with them in their journey. But see, that bearing witness, Heidi, that you said is no small thing. That's that's the great gift, to bear witness. It's it's It gives truth to their pain. It gives truth to the legacy of the person they've lost. It's a beautiful thing. It's as much as we can do as human beings, really. I love that. Well, let's close on that note and give people your website because it's such a fabulous website and your little light mission. Is that what you call it? This little light. Thank you so much for raising that. I I write monthly glimmers. Um, I do other ministry, uh, such as spiritual direction, retreats. And weddings here in Connecticut. <laughs> Wonderful. It's lisairish.com. www.lisairish.com. I'm looking at Lisa's website right now, thislittlelight.com, and it is so comforting and soothing and it has so many wonderful things on it. So please, if you're sitting near a computer right now or even if you're handheld, go look at it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Lisa, and for everything you do for people. Thank you both. People. The time just flew. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Lisa. I keep doing the really important work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. You too. You're doing wonderful work. Open to Hope is a wonderful tool and support for so many people. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Well, Heidi, uh, what a what a great woman. And uh, I love the idea about bearing witness, don't you? Yes, absolutely. And just, just being with people and supporting them through their grief journey. It's really powerful. Yeah, and for those that are on your grief journey... 
We want to remind you that we are here to bear witness for you and that if you have lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.